0: Ten years of making a difference.
1: It's an honor to be able to work with Team Jack to help tell them story, to tell them that we need money for cures. And without them, we wouldn't be able to do that.
0: For ten years, Nebraska has stepped up to fight pediatric brain cancer. And the fight continues later this month. And it's just opening people's eyes to pediatric brain tumor. The 10th Annual Team Jack Radiothon, September 29th, all across Nebraska.
2: Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com.
1: We have a say no block, no rock.
0: You know, we just really love Hunter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey. Kenny Bell up to me, he's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad, what, you going to go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, on it, Muhammad!
2: GBR. Go Big Red indeed and i'm not saying that ironically i mean that (laughs) from my heart okay season three episode five just as they went in the swamp in gainesville in 2013 and upset the gators they come into lincoln and they beat nebraska 45 to 42 in a sunbelt shootout congratulations georgia southern hat tip Congrats to the big guy Frank. He kind of
3: called this. Yeah, he no did. Shit. the
2: big guy Solkowski. Yeah, Frank. Frank, yeah, he, Frank got it. He's hey, rarely wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Frank. <laughs> so, the moment that the field goal goes wide left, I believe it was wide left, right Mike from where we were sitting? Yep. Yeah. Mike, yeah. you know, the the fans kind of just rushed the aisles and it was there wasn't a whole lot of commotion really. I mean, it was pretty silent and Mike asked me is tonight the night? And I'm just like, dude, I am baffled. Yeah. Like it's it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Yep. Lo and behold, uh lunchtime yesterday, the news oh. comes out, Trev releases a statement, and uh it it had to happen. Yeah,
4: yeah. I, I totally agree. And it know? is nice that Trev made the announcement. I'm sure timing was on point, but they did the announcement right when the, the noon games kicked off. And so, yeah. you know, t- we,
2: t- on the ticker below, you yep, know, on the ticker oh, yeah. below,
4: Nebraska has made a, hot, uh, a headline again. <laughs>
2: good <weird>. press, baby. <laughs> right. We love that's love we, being in the media. That's what we do. That's what we do. All right, so, you know, there was a game, right? So, let's talk about the positives. This will be Ooh. really quick. This will be really yeah. quick. I'll just run through, okay? Imagine if Anthony Grant and AJ Allen had a competent run blocking offensive line. They'd yeah, be, be really fucking yeah. good, right? God, It'd be dude. incredible. Yes. And even with this O-line that's not great. Anthony Grant is still the last I looked. Top three in the nation in rushing yards. for whatever that's worth. Tied for
5: first in rushing touchdowns.
2: Feed the man, please. Yeah. Bell cow. Uh. <laughs> uh, Casey Thompson is he's still good. Very good. You know? He's in third for rushing touchdowns. Our <laughs> yeah. right. rushing game was Isn't great. that crazy? Yeah, yeah. It,
4: isn't it funny how we move away from Adrian Martinez, who is like <laughs> Mr. Run First guy? And Casey is still scoring touchdowns with his legs. They're all, you know, short yardage. Yeah. You know, one, two, three yards. But who cares? You know, yeah. that's that's when I want my quarterback to score. I, I mean, like,
3: hey, I mean, I hey, like that, points. That you know, the big thing, wondering about like the switch from Adrian Martinez to Casey Thompson was, you know, does he have the legs for it? Like, you know, can he run the ball? My man put on some moves oh in that my first Lord, yeah. 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 Yeah, he, he dude was some... jump cutting
4: all, oh, all over yeah.
2: the place. It was, it was pretty nice to see.
4: Well, and it was good that we were sitting in the stands and Jared called the play. He's like, hey, he's going to keep it. He's like, Casey's going to keep this one. And sure enough.
2: God, you'd think that the Georgia Southern guys would have known that with right. the way that yeah. they out-coached Nebraska. <laughs> hey,
4: Jared anyway. Hall, next head coach of Nebraska.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, the king. <laughs> the TikTok king. Moment Nebraska does that, they are admitting. <laughs> they are irrelevant. We are no longer a blue blood. We are whatever blood is not blue. Like we are that red, I, red. Not even red. Like it's just a whole different,
5: whole different a new thing. category.
2: Yeah. Okay. Mar- Marcus Washington. I I think he stood out. You know, he had that awesome play that it probably could have been ruled incomplete, but it wasn't. He made a great catch and no, that, it, was, it was a catch. Yeah. He, he, he did. He had a good game. Yeah. Um. They didn't turn the ball over. And we still lost. Still, still lost. lost. That's wild. They, they won. They won the turnover battle two to zip. And still, I... Uh, okay, last thing. Last positive, I last swear. Last
4: positive of this game. Just yeah. when
2: we thought the clock hated us. Take one second? One second! No. Nope. One second. Nope. Hey. 10-second runoff. The loudest cheer of that game easily.
4: Yes. Before half? Before half. Oh, yeah. That was a big...
2: That was like a big huge. moment in it, the
4: game. It was, it was huge. Huge.
2: Yes. And, because, on,
3: yeah. and on that note, with the clock and all that other stuff and the rules and the referees... Can we just talk? We had two huge calls that would have absolutely—I oh, mean, it, it would have been game over from that point right then and there. Yeah, two huge calls—the catch and the fumble by Logan, Logan Smothers. Smothers. Oh, yeah, man. and
5: we actually got—we actually got the call.
3: I we was, never
2: get breaks. Yeah. yeah.
5: As a Husker fan, I was not used to that, but I was not mad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look at—you know—they show the replay over and over and over. It's like, dude, I. I don't know. It's probably a fumble. It's yeah. probably not a catch. Well, Jared and I are you sitting know?
4: in the stands. and I'm texting the group message with Kyle That's and cool. Connor because, you know, they didn't go to Lincoln. And we texted them, and they were like, I was like, hey, is this a fumble? Hey, is this a catch? And then wait for the responses because you guys get to hear all the TV stuff. And we're, oh, yeah. we're sitting in the stands just twiddling our thumbs.
3: Basically.
5: <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the fumble, I thought I thought he was down, but I thought in no way was that video conclusive enough to actually give us that ball back. Yeah. Uh, we I, take that though. I almost All shed right. a tear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so uh negatives like there's there's a lot, but this can just be a a blanket negative. I was watching Kevin Cosgrove's defense that night. <laughs> you it, said his, that. You his, did say Kevin that. Kevin Cosgrove's ghost was haunting Memorial Stadium that night. Um they give up 642 total yards. Oof. Um, I think I think I heard correctly that it was the third most ever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the most ever in Memorial, in Memorial Stadium.
5: Stadium. Yep, disgusting.
2: Um, with those 642 total yards, was 233 yards rushing, eight yards per carry. Georgia Southern Clay Helton's Georgia Southern. This isn't the triple option, Georgia Southern. No, no. Sorry, it's I just had to yell that. This is not Jeff Munkin <laughs> calling triple. O- This is a spread team, eight yards per carry. Sorry. Just unbelievable. You see holes open up, and it's like, whenever you see that happen, I was telling Mike all night, when you see guys running through holes this big, that spells the end of a coaching staff. It just does, because especially for a Nebraska fan base that reveres the run game, and we respect physicality and defense, more than any other fan base, I think. I mean, we call our defense the fucking black shirts, even if they don't deserve it. Yeah. So when you see lot, when you see holes open up this big, you're like, all right, it's. I think it's time. Yeah. yeah. It's time to yeah. bye-bye. You
4: said once the defense goes.
2: Once the defense goes. That's what he said.
4: That That's when you have to worry. And Chins has been, he's been our guy. I mean, he's been probably the only stable thing in the Scott Frost era was
2: Eric Chenander and his yeah. defense. And, and, and without... Like, and, like, I'm sorry, but, like, make no mistake, like, his defenses have always been, like, average. Yeah. They've never been great, but they've, they've always, always kept Nebraska in the game.
3: They've always been good enough to win you a game if you are playing complimentary football. Yeah. yeah always exactly. been good enough. Complimentary yeah. football, that is and key
2: because you can never have both things good at the same time, can right. you? Right. No. And again, the offense
5: looked great. But uh, I was really thankful that there is no letter D in the word Nebraska or loss because I was worried about, you know, the Iowa victory. Headline yeah, when there's, there were no O's. There's no, they O's. can't do that to uh, us here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. Thank God. Right. My God. All right. So um, oh,
5: yeah. I,
3: I do want to say one, one more thing. We talk about this damn near every single week and that's the player man, the roster management and and calling plays and everything like that. Let's just point out here. Casey Thompson limps off the field on his own accord. He mm-hmm. takes himself out oh, of the game.
2: He texted yeah. about this.
3: <laughs> and then Logan Smothers comes out. Yeah. Damn near. He fumbles the ball. He did. I
2: mean, he fumbled it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> he dropped, He put the ball well, on the ground. Technically, he, he put, did not. Shut up. Technically, <laughs> he
2: did not. He put,
3: <laughs> he put the ball on the ground, which created that one of those huge reviews I was just talking about. And then the next play, Casey Thompson comes out, and they call a what? A quarterback draw. Yeah. Yeah hobbling. The dude just walked himself off the field, barely yeah. walking, and <laughs> in the next play, you have him running up the middle.
2: Hey, like, They roll the wheelchair out there real quick. Come on, Casey, get off! They didn't see it coming, alright?
3: <laughs> it did work, right? <laughs> God
2: Absolutely. almighty. Yes, they did not see it coming. Okay, so look, Scott Frost, he's gone. He is gone. He came in here with hubris and a lot of confidence, and now he's he left with his tail between his legs. Yeah. Oh, his dented as Denali. Yeah. Like it's, it's over. He was 16 and 31. One third of his wins were against non power five teams. The FCS streak still stands, but I, Mike, did you mention the Memorial, the Memorial stadium stat yet? I don't believe that we have. We well, they're 214 and one now when yeah. scoring 35 points because the one was this Saturday. Yeah. So guy and Mike, you guys you guys all said that you wanted to get into the frost era and the firing. And I even said before we recorded, I'm like, I'm just so over it. People know where I stand and I've said it so many times. It's true. So I'll just I'll just let you guys kind of wax poetic on the frost era if you want to. Yeah. I mean, uh everybody there's
4: not anybody in the state of Nebraska who didn't want this to work. Let's just start with that first. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody had those frost warning shirts and oh. everybody wanted this to work. I
2: bought the stupid fucking comic.
4: I have the comic. I have the book. Like, I have I... a sign poster on my wall that
5: gets sunlight at 11 a.m. every Saturday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to take that down now, yeah. guys. I have uh...
3: a, I have a hand painted painting in my basement of Scott Frost from yes. my grandmother. Yeah. Like, yes. there's no one, especially around this table, that didn't want it to work.
4: Yes. So let's make that clear before we go into this. We said, well, I said, and Jared, and even Kyle a little bit at the end of last year is. It, it probably should have been done last year. You know, it, like the writing was on the wall. The I mean, this is a pressure cooker school. And to come into a season with all the pressure, all the noise on the outside and expecting that it was going to work, obviously it didn't. And, you know, Trev gave him a chance. We had a easy schedule. We I mean, on paper, of course. Yeah, we had we had a favorable schedule, as easy as, it, as it's ever going to get. Hundred percent. Yeah, you can't ask for much more. Yes, you know, and and he's always been given the benefit of the doubt. But the word that I want to use to describe the Scott Frost era is accountability,
2: mm. or lack thereof.
4: Love. Yeah, so that's that's what yeah. I'm getting at. So I said this. I've seen people say, you know, Eric Schneider should have gone, you know, with that defensive performance and all that stuff. I just want to ask Husker fans this: How many more mountains do we need to move to keep Scott Frost as the face of your program? I understand he is the golden boy. He is a Nebraska guy. He won us a national championship and we love him for that. But when you're 16 and 31, you recruited all those guys. You put that staff around you. Eventually you have to take accountability. And finally, Trev said the magic words that no one man or one person is bigger than the university. Right. And that's, I mean, that's all I'm going to say about, about the Scott Frost era. It, you know, we wanted it to work so bad. It just didn't. And it's time to move on. And guess what, guys? We have another Nebraska quarterback as our head coach <laughs> right, right, right now. Yeah. So it's just fine. <laughs> tip, tip your cap to Mickey Joseph. Yeah. I think Kyle and I talked about this a little bit
5: before we started recording. We were the two guys here that, you know, were still like we put the team at eight and four prior to the season starting. Yes, you did. We thought, you know, this was the time we saw again. I know I'm going to mention everybody drink. I'm going to mention Lenning. We saw that last year, and I was like, you know, that's a small glimmer of hope right there. Yeah. A small one, but still something. Yep. And seeing how we have performed over these first three games, it brings us no joy. No. To have Scott go out this way. No one's happy. But like you said, it's time. It's time. A lot of people keep talking about, you know, why not wait till October 1st? Why not wait till that buyout gets cut? And I think Trev Alberts is making this statement. It's like, the money is not an issue. This program is receding, and it's time to stop this. It is time to fix it right now, and I love that. And the balls for Trev Alberts to do this right now, incredible, and I respect this move entirely.
4: Well, and Trev, that's saying, he backed it, and I love what he said too, is, you know, the fans deserve better. The players deserve better. This university deserves better. Enough was enough. You know, you can love Scott Frost, the person. You can love love the quarterback, but goddamn, the head coach at Nebraska, Scott Frost, was not good. No. He was not good. And not acceptable at any school, especially
2: a Blue Blood program.
5: I'm going to go so far to say that not just not good, actively bad.
2: Yeah. Actively bad. The, the, the worst. Dare we say the worst Husker coach in history? I, mean, I, don't, yes. I don't think you even have to debate that. Because, like, you know, people bring up bring up Bill Jennings. And, I mean, that was before Nebraska was ever an established program at all. Really. I mean, that's before – before the steroids kicked in and, and the Devaney era, and, <laughs> the, yeah. the weight program. Yeah. Uh, all the resources that Frost has, you know, that was before. And I, yeah, he's probably the worst coach in Nebraska history. I, and I'm, I'm sad about it. I don't want to, I don't like saying that. Especially in the last two days, obviously all the people that are real upset that
3: Scott was let go and the, we're seeing a lot of things like chin should have been the one and, and Scott Frost shouldn't have been, and you can't build something uh, worth anything, you know, in five years. Like, you need more time, blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing, okay? Just to put it into perspective, right? You look at the complete polar opposites of programs. You look at Nebraska, and then you look at someone like Georgia Southern, okay? Sunbelt League, Big Ten football, you've got all the money in the world to throw whatever you want at whatever thing you think is the problem, okay? You've got all the NIL deals that you need, the talent that can take you anywhere, to have better recruiting than anybody in the West year in and year out. Okay? It took Clay Helton nine months uh-huh. to turn a three and nine Georgia Southern team to come into Memorial Stadium Saturday night in front of a full crowd, like always. We did like our job. Always. We did our job. We
0: did our job. And mm-hmm. dethroned
3: us. Yep. Okay? It, it's not. This this whole like time thing. I I've been one of the guys from the last two years that we've been doing this podcast. I've been one of the guys that have constantly been going to battle with Jared and Mike, saying you can't just fire coaches and you can't just keep cycle rinse, cycle rinse and repeat, yeah. right? But at the same time, I'm looking at it now and I'm realizing I'm accepting the defeat. Okay, I'm looking at it now. There is absolutely no proof in five years that this is that this is ever going to work. And that that is that has hit me hard because I've been <laughs> fighting okay. against it for two yeah, years. but it's okay. but yeah. it's, the, the proof is the proof is there. it's it would not work and it will not work, and that's why he was let go when he was, and Georgia Southern was like was was the the, the final nail on that the coffin. final nail yes. it was yeah.
4: it was over. That's a big ass nail too, I'll tell you. yeah like,
5: well, and so we talked about I think all of us saw posts over uh, the last twenty four hours or so that we're saying, like, you know, we didn't give Scott enough time. It took Tom 20 years. I want to point out, what was Tom's worst season? Eight wins? Nine wins?
2: No, he's never won less than
5: nine. Never years. won less than nine, yeah, ever.
4: Don't compare the two. It's yeah. not it's no, not it's in- even it's, a thing. No, it's,
5: you know, it's insane. You- he got five years, and his best yeah. season is five wins. Yeah. I don't want to hear that
2: argument. Yeah, it's insulting to compare the two. And, um, you know, you you can argue that Tom is still – Kind of meddling in the program, and that's kind of led to almost where we are right now. And maybe he sold his soul to the devil in the '90s for those titles, and now we're paying the price for that. But yeah, don't insult the two. What do you? No. What do you? Have? I'm sorry, I don't want. To. Um, and the whole, the whole money thing, right? You got to think that there's there was a couple of boosters that were like, all right, yeah. I got you. And you know what? <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm sure some players with their nil earnings were like, all right
3: yeah yeah. <laughs> Put it into the pot
4: well and so I, hey
5: trev
2: hey i got you hey i, I, can, I, I get it man <laughs> I, I, I can spot a Isn't little that, bit
5: that's terrible what was the uh there was a report that when mickey joseph was named as interim that the reaction in the locker room was i think the words were loud and enthusiastic and it's, that's that's a great thing yeah. to hear
2: uh, look uh, i mean it's, i don't know if it was loud but i did hear the words like Nah, they didn't mind it. Yeah. You know, I think that was kind of the the way to smooth. Eh, they didn't mind it. Yeah. yeah I think you know. it
3: was Sean Callahan who you're th- who you're thinking of. Yeah, I think yeah. he's the one that kind of put that out there, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: It it needed
4: to be done. Turn the page to Mickey Joseph. You know, he has 9 games. He can salvage this season. You know what we've been asking for for the last what are we at? 7 years? A fucking bowl game. Just so, any bowl game. Dude, if if Mickey Joseph can yeah. somehow make this team bowl eligible, tip your captain Mickey. Not Absolutely. saying he's going to be the future head coach in Nebraska or anything like that, but right. way too early to guess. I am so glad that we have a players coach, a guy who's going to go to work. I mean, this you want to talk about a lunch pail guy. I mean, that is Mickey Joseph. He's going to go to work. He's a, he's a guy that's no bullshit, no fuss. And yeah, you
5: don't want to be here? See ya. Yeah. I, I love the focus for Mickey Joseph. Within 12 hours of him being named interim, he just deleted his Twitter it's like i'm not worried about social do media not anymore. The noise i'm worried about yeah.
2: this program yeah i
4: love that kind of focus yeah now we just maybe his wife should do that too but <laughs>
2: <laughs> um well yeah we'll talk a little bit more about mickey i do have some things here but it's like and the other thing I'll, maybe some people are overlooking this but you know you got big noon kickoff coming if frost is coaching that that's going to be the talk the whole freaking time yeah that's just additional drama you have to deal with he's the lame duck guy and god forbid they're ever losing in that game, it's what you're looking at. Audience is a Husker Legends last game. Yeah. yeah. It just yeah. just that sad, just pathetic fucking narrative. Yeah. And you, you get rid of that, and it's, oh, hope springs eternal. You're seeing it with ticket prices. They're starting to kind of climb up a little bit, because you got fans going, oh. oh what's
3: going to happen what, here? What, hey, what little changes
2: little... will Mickey Make, Cause, make? yeah. Because Trev even said, look whatever changes Mickey feels He's got like he has the make. He's got the fucking keys. Uh,
4: yeah. Well, and it's funny because it's like, I'm glad they did it before the Oklahoma game because if that was Frost's last game, just think about the history between oh, Nebraska yeah. and Oklahoma oh, yeah. you know, and uh, having Oklahoma finish a Husker coach's career. But,
2: yeah. but Okay, but another thing I will say, because someone, someone on the, the cesspool of Facebook, and I know we're on oh. Facebook, but yeah, um, <laughs> someone had said, oh, what if they beat OU? You know, that could have. Okay. Let, if, let's what you, if, no no uh, any given saturday i've been saying that i said this last week, man, says you, says see, that every it, week. you see yeah. Appalachian state going to college station i'm just saying it could happen if if frost were to beat oklahoma you know you would have people clamoring keep his job
0: he needs to stay
2: and then he goes off and loses to indiana or he minnesota pushes his shit Routes in again him. and it's yeah. just the same thing right yes you, that the Oklahoma win would have been an anomaly, not a building towards something, I, in my opinion. so Yeah, no, I, 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 don't, I don't
3: think you're far off at all.
2: I no. totally agree. And, like, my, I'm sorry, but my brother was like, what do you think God? Trev and the players get along? Well, okay, Trev is not Steve Peterson. He's not Shina, Sean Eichhorst. He has his name plastered near that press box because, not because he's an executive. No. No, he's a legendary player. Yes. right. He's not some. He's not a dude on the sidelines like secretly cheering for them to lose like Sean Eichhorst was. The fucking snake. You know what I mean? Like he was legitimately pissed off after that onside. He's like, said he didn't sleep. Well, he said he didn't sleep Saturday night. Yeah. Well, and yeah, you know, he
4: loves the program. All the people that are like, you know, Scott Frost. You no, know, he loves the program so much. And yeah, he does. But so does Trev Alberts.
5: I, I don't think we yeah. could ask for a better leader for this program than Trev Alberts. I yeah. think he's
2: fantastic. Yeah. yeah,
4: man. I mean, he, he said he goes to Batman.
2: I'm sure we said the same things about Bill Moose sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I love the way he carries himself. But I mean, he it, did say some things yesterday where I'm like, oh yeah,
3: mm. yeah.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Trev. And to the Bill Moose point, <laughs> Facebook mean, is gonna remove the audio Trev, just for that. Oh.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, don't care. to the Bill Moose point. I mean, it was a knock, it, two knockout hires: Fred Hoiberg and Scott Frost. Yeah, he, he and, killed it. He and did, and did it, his job. It just he, didn't work Will out. Will Bolt exactly. was supposed to be. Yeah. You know, Will Bolt. he, he yeah. still could be.
2: He still could be. Yeah, we're not riding off Bolt quite yet. And, and the other thing about Mickey too is like, well, what if, you know, what if he loses the players or whatever? And it's like, how many of those recruits committed to the assistance over Scott? It, I just got I just got the sense that and I'm not in the locker room. So who am I? It just seemed like he didn't have the team, yeah. and it's just you. You watch his teams at UCF, and even after Scott was hired, you heard all the UCF players saying, "Oh, we love Coach Frost, man!" Oh my, you don't hear any of that. There was no, no. one on social media that defended Frost. Like it just, it's, it's sure, baffling to me, man. There, I mean, we, we saw Mackenzie Garrett will. Yeah, there, mean, saw, there,
3: I, there were a couple. I did, uh, I did see a couple on Twitter. I, yeah, um, but well,
2: it was like. Let's let's keep going. Yeah. It wasn't like oh Frost
5: to that point. I'm, I mean, we saw Mackenzie Milton, who yeah. Frost hasn't yeah. coached for years, make a statement about mm-hmm. you know Frost is a great coach. Any university that gets him, well, you'll have landed a right. great hire. You don't see that kind of love coming from the Nebraska locker room like there was from the UCF. You're it's, totally right. It's yeah. baffling because like, that's all
2: you heard was we love Frost, even though he's leaving. Like, guy, he's like our dude. You never got that sense. It, it yeah. just it's kind of baffling I, to me that it was like a complete 180 and maybe it was the pressure cooker of this place yeah that kind of hardened him i don't know after, I, just, I just think he checked out you know i just think he was done like
4: the, this yeah. season for sure he knew it felt grinded like grinding grinding him to a pulp. i mean he aged 15 years yeah in f- not even five years at nebraska i mean he literally looks like a presidency like a guy that goes in all oh, yeah. happy and young and then he leaves nebraska and he looks Old. Obama yeah. gray haired. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He was stressed.
3: Yeah, at the end of the day, before we wrap this up, it comes down to people the the players wanting to win. That's it. I mean, like the a lot of these kids' futures ride on their performance on the football field. Right? You look at all these transfers that came in, they're looking to make it to the NFL. Yep. This was their one stop shop, and I'm moving on. So at the end of the day, I don't I don't know if it totally matters if Frost is there or if it's Mickey Joseph or whatever the case might be. I think they just want to go out there and they just want to win. And the coach that puts them in the best position to win is who they'll rally, rally behind.
2: You know, you know, I think it's a a great point. This is kind of, it's kind of a catch 22 that we're in right now. Okay. Because Mickey Joseph, um, let's say he goes eight and four. Let's say they finish strong as a mug, right? They're, they're going to play loose. They're not trying to save anybody's job. There's not that pressure anymore. Yeah. They're going to play a little more loose, but at the same time, if he, Wins eight games, you're gonna have a lot of people. Yeah. You,
1: you
2: Mickey's the guy. Look what he turned. Yeah. Frost was a dumpster fire, and he managed to turn that room around. Eight. And you're gonna ha- you're gonna have people clamoring for him. Okay, but that maybe that's not a problem. I know eight and four maybe is like not. unrealistic territory. <laughs> right. Okay. Agreed. At this
4: if point. somehow <laughs> he can pull off seven out of nine wins with this team, maybe he is the guy. I hear you. Maybe maybe the it was the wrong quarterback that you wanted to come back and save the program. We right. won't know that. <laughs> right. This is all hindsight, you know, I mean, like it is what it is.
3: Trust in Trev. Trust 100%. In Trev. Trust in Trev and we wish Scott Frost the best. Whatever he does, we, yeah, great sure. dude.
2: He still our yeah. Have fun at Bama because yeah. you're going to you're going to do if great. He goes <laughs> to the
4: Nick Saban coaching recovery center. Like he's going to be a very successful head coach. It's just it didn't work in the pressure cooker. Maybe he was too close to home. Like he needs to be away
2: from home. He just too many relationships. Oh yeah. All that stuff. It just he got too comfortable it, here. It, it was like everything about this place and everything he knew about it and all the pressure was like a plastic bag over his head. And he was just suffocating. I don't know. Like the, the cement block tied to his foot, like just dragging him down. Yeah. So you got to get a dude in here. Okay. Before we sign off, we are at Nebraska Brewing Company. Yes. Hey. We're in the tap room. Wick for brains. We got a lot right of Right All out yeah <laughs> you can tell we're enjoying them yes 108th yes. and harrison don't come here now we yeah. are not open like that other chick yeah. tried to i mean i, not, I thought we were she mad was a it, big fan though i mean yeah yeah she's yeah. really a really big fan there a were lines
5: fan. outside the door to come see us yeah <laughs> <laughs> they totally knew we were gonna do
2: that <laughs> guys we're recording god yes um but yeah Nebraska Brewing company come to their tap room they got a lot of stuff on tap go to High V. they got a lot of stuff in the store it's priced reasonably
4: very reasonably
2: wouldn't yes. you agree
5: i would say so are you
2: biased a little
5: yeah, a little bit yeah a
4: lot of it hey world class in <laughs> every glass uh we appreciate everybody tuning in for our first live part of the show we plan to do more of this but we are going to bring on big game boomer
2: yeah and uh, preview, the we will OU game.
4: preview the oklahoma game
2: and pleased to have john whitaker with us aka big game boomer on twitter bgb we want to thank you so much for coming on the No Block No Rock podcast and previewing not just the Oklahoma game, but maybe talking about this whole coaching search deal. You've heard about this, yes?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I was honestly surprised that this this uh, we were we were still on tonight because I'm sure you guys have plenty to to talk about right now.
3: Yeah, and a little bit.
2: I mean, it, yeah, it, it kind of hurts, right? It hurts because we have that emotional connection to it. But at the same time, we've been very clear that this had to be done. There was really no light at the end of the frost tunnel. And now that Mickey Joseph is the interim, you you got fans with a renewed sense of like, okay, let's see what he can do. Let's see what changes this guy can make. So you're going to see the usual 90 plus thousand. There's not going to be an empty student section saying fire frost.
4: Yeah, that was that's been done. That was <laughs> so.
1: that was uh interesting on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had them on my student section rankings. I, I had them on the bad side this this uh week. They weren't happy about it.
5: <laughs> I think that's a super fair ranking though. Like to to sit there and chant fire fire frost, I don't know. That's a mean student section. We already knew hey, it was gonna happen. It's mean,
4: but it needed to be
2: done. They, I mean, they sure, showed yeah. up. They showed up and we were at me and Mike were at the game and we we made it a point to look at the student section because usually that's kind of like the telling sign. Like are the students are the students showing up. That's usually like the telltale sign. And they did. They the, did their job. The stands were full. Yep. You know they stayed Nebraska till the fan, end for
4: the most part. Yeah Nebraska fans did their job. I mean we always do. <laughs> we fill the stadium despite the record sixteen and thirty one and we still filled the stadium every single game for Scott Rostin. And- I think we'll continue to do that for Mickey Joseph. It's just uh, – it's sad. Everybody wanted it to work. But, you know, there, there comes a time, there comes a point where you just – you have to rip the Band-Aid off, man. And I, I'm glad Trev did it at this time because yeah. losing to Georgia Southern like that in Memorial Stadium under the lights, that is completely unacceptable. Like, not even in Nebraska, just in general. If you're a Power 5 school and you're playing under the lights in front of your fans in alternate uniforms and all that shit <sighs> – and the you, scoring
2: explosion. Yeah. All they that did shit. The scoring Explosion. Yeah.
4: All that shit. And you fucking lose to Georgia Southern.
5: <laughs> Again, I, I don't want to sit here and disparage Georgia Southern. They're not a bad team, but they're a Sunbelt team. And we're big 10. That's not a game that we should have to sit here and worry about. I actually made the comment before the game about how, you know, the people I was with, we were concerned about, can we really win this game? And I said, we're Nebraska fans. We should not have to be asking this question. Nope.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, but look what the Sun Belt did yes uh, on Saturday. I mean, they had off, a great day knocking off Notre Dame, Texas A and M, Nebraska. I mean, knocked off Virginia Tech the week before. I mean, Power Six. They're, they're having a hell of a run right now.
5: I do like that. You know, while it's just about Sun Belt wins, we are in the conversation with Notre Dame and A and M now. Hey, like, we're, oh, we're, yeah. Our names you are. Know.
4: <laughs> you know? We're back, baby. We're forever tied to those two programs now, yes. right? Because <laughs> the Sun Belt sealed the deal. <laughs>
0: For 10 years, we've been sharing the stories of Nebraska kids fighting brain cancer, and you've been there to fight with them. To
1: those of us fighting every day it means the world, that they they
3: take the time to do that for for our kids. Be
0: ready to fight on September 29th, the 10th annual Team Jack Radiothon, presented by the Home Agency, all across Nebraska.
2: Go Team Jack! All right!
0: Get all the details at teamjackfoundation.org.
2: Now, big game boomer. Like, I didn't have a lot prepared for this, okay? I'm not going to lie. But I think it's safe to say, Nebraska fans, they saw the Nebraska defense against Georgia Southern. They saw all those yards they gave up. And they see Oklahoma coming to town. And despite Mickey Joseph being the new guy, that defense is still that defense. And we see Dylan Gabriel coming to town. And OU's gonna OU is going to owe you probably, and they're going to do their fair share, and they're
1: they're probably going to have their way and toy with us a little bit. Are you foreseeing this same scenario? Yeah, no. Uh, to, to be honest with you, no. I mean, I don't. You guys probably didn't watch the Kent State OU game, but I mean, it was a one possession game in the first half. They really struggled um, on third down, really uh, converting on third down, and. I mean, to me, like the, for OU, this is OU's first test, and so you've got Brent Venables, a head, you know, first-time head coach, going onto the road and playing against a t- you know Nebraska team in front of ninety thousand fans, and I, like to me, Nebraska is not a bad football team. Um, the talent is there. I mean, you look at yeah. Casey Thompson. I forget the re- the Anthony running backs. Grant, Anthony Trey Grant. Palmer. Yeah, re- Anthony Grant is is a stud. Um, a little, the, the linebacking group is good. Defensive line is a little suspect right now, but like, this is a good football team. And it really, a lot of it's you lose, you've lost these close games because of the head coaching decisions. So, I I mean, I I do not, I'm worried as if I'm an OU and I am an OU fan, but OU fans should be concerned about going up to Lincoln for Brent Venable's first game and trying to win. I think it'll be a close game. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's you know one score game, um, especially now that Frost is gone. I feel like th- that the team will probably be a little more kind of uh, motivated, kind of that you know, extra. All right, you know, let, let's win one for the interim coach. Um, we've seen that a lot in the past. So I, I think OU fans are, are not are, are very skeptical going into this game. And uh, they should be because because I don't, I don't think this is just going to be a route that OU is going to win like forty four to ten. I, I mean I, I I solely see this this being a close game for sure.
4: Okay. Well, when you talk about Brett Venables and this is his first real test, what is your evaluation so far of the Venables era? I mean, obviously, uh, you guys kind of got screwed over a little bit by Lincoln <laughs> Riley a little bit, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> him, him taking him <laughs> taking a lot of talent with him. California. So, uh, what's your evaluation of of I guess that entire situation? And and uh, do you do you like the the Venables era? Yeah, I,
1: yeah. You know, I like it. He's a lot more personable. Um, Lincoln Riley was always kind of, you, you know, st- doesn't didn't really talk to the media, wasn't really engaged with the fans. Um, Kind of had that just kind of CEO kind of mentality. But Venables, he's adopting Dabo Sweeney's kind of strategy where it's like we're a family. I'm going to help you move into your dorm. You know, if you've got problems going on in your personal life, you know, you come talk to me. That kind of stuff was not there with Lincoln Riley. So culture-wise, I feel like things are, are – are, he's doing everything right. Um, now, I mean, we're just – we're going to see – that's going to get tested here now that we're getting into the meat of the schedule with with, with some of these games. Because some of these games, things aren't going to go right. And um, how the players respond, how he responds as a head coach is what I'm really interested in um to see and like if you guys remember Venables as a head coach at Clemson or excuse me as a defensive coordinator the guy Loved was a, he was a Loved nut him. he was a nut on the sideline yep. like he had to have a guy like restraining him by his belt buckle and uh to see him he like i, I that's what i was concerned about like the first couple games is how's he gonna what's his composure going to be like as a head coach because you have to you have to have, take a different aspect or have a different view towards the game when you're the head coach because you're the CEO And, uh, he's really carried himself. Well, I thought, you know, the the, uh, the defense has, has played well. Um, I mean, my, if you're going to tell me, ask me what my biggest concern with OU is, I would say it's the offensive line. I mean, they're kind of shifting guys around right now. Don't really have, you know, a set, uh, you know, from left tackle to right tackle, they're kind of mixing guys around. So, and I've seen the pocket break down a lot, uh, for Gabriel, especially against UTEP. So, that's my biggest concern, but, uh, like, I, I'm happy with the Venables hire, fire. But it is, it is, as an OU guy, it is like you watch USC and you watch them, you know, they're tearing it up um, out there on the West Coast. It is kind of like, wow, like, he literally just took our players and is doing it somewhere else. But uh, that's that's the world we're in now in college football where that happens.
4: Yeah, and maybe there'll be a guy like a Lincoln Riley who you don't expect – to come out of freaking right field or left field and take take this Nebraska job, too. I mean, nobody saw Lincoln Riley jump and ship from Oklahoma. I mean, the Bob Stoops no. prodigy, you know, perfect guy to follow a legend. And next thing you know, he jumped ship to USC, which, I mean, it, it was an attractive job, but you just don't think that Lincoln Riley is going to be that guy. Maybe NFL, but not jump ship well, to the west coast and Brian right?
5: kelly the same year like it yeah. was a crazy
3: year it was, it was well, weird it was insane.
4: with
5: the amount of heismans that lincoln riley was churning out at oklahoma and then just to walk away yeah it like it was i think took the entire world by surprise
1: yeah 100%. it was i mean it was uh, i'll never forget it it was shocking but like to me it's like for nebraska this is this is kind of similar to the usc situation last year because i believe they fired clay helton like week two or week three after they got blown yep. out by Stanford. So now if you're Nebraska, you can kind of be patient here. Cause now you're mm-hmm. the first team that school that's fired their head coach. So you can really, you know, take your time, hire a search committee, do whatever. And, uh, really, I mean, no one thought that USC was going to get Lincoln Riley. So, I mean, what if, you know, in week after Thanksgiving, uh, Urban Myers in Lincoln. All of a sudden, they they pulled off Urban Meyer. I mean, you just you, you never know. Yeah. Um. So, but I think I think doing it earlier is definitely an advantage to Nebraska. So uh, yeah. you're you're known for your your lists that you yeah. like to release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: I was reading a lot of them today, actually. <laughs> yeah.
2: So yeah. So if you if you had a if you had to make a list on Twitter, top three head coaching candidates for Nebraska. Who are your top three? Not, not like best case scenario and maybe not even urban Meyer. Cause when, I don't know,
1: just like realistically, who do you think <laughs> yeah, are the top three way. guys in
2: Nebraska, Nebraska can get?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, Matt Campbell to me is the one I've been saying it for, for years that Campbell is, is the right one. Um, just because of the location, his success in the same kind of regional area. Uh, um, and then also uh, Jim Leonhard um, at Wisconsin, that defensive Ooh. coordinator, he he would be, I think he'd be a great, a great pick. And then another one uh, just kind of staying regional is Lance Leipold at Kansas. I think he's doing a good job um, down there. I mean, everywhere he goes, he's won. He's coached at Nebraska before. Um, I think like, this is the thing with Nebraska. I don't think they need to make, go out and make this like super splash hire. Like it's kind of simple, like, like with Brian Kelly, it's like, Oh, we got Brian Kelly at LSU, but I didn't think it was a great fit. Like it didn't really make a good cultural fit. Ne- Nebraska needs to find someone that has had success at some point in the big 10 West that knows how to go into, you know, high schoolers in Illinois and Iowa and Wisconsin to get some of those big offensive linemen um, to, 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 to come to Lincoln. Cause, that's that's who you're competing with. The the right now, I think with the where Nebraska football is, it's it's not it's not trying to win a national championship every year right now. It's trying to just get to winning the Big Ten West, and yep. then you win yep. the Big Ten West, and that can take care of the you know getting the national championship can take care of itself. But you got to find someone that, that that can fit that blueprint of like Brett Bolima to me is is a great example um, oh, wow. of just a Big Ten West guy did a good job at Wisconsin, went down to Arkansas. It didn't work out. Now he's back in Illinois and he, he's kind of, he's kind of doing what he did at Wisconsin. So, uh, so, I mean, that, that's what don't make, go for the big splash, go for the bright fit. That's, that's my advice to anyone that's listening. <laughs> yeah.
5: And so I think Trev Alberts made the statement in his press conference yesterday that, you know, we, we really want to get those big wins, but we want to get a guy and I'm paraphrasing, but that believes in what we believe in. And I think that's exactly what you're saying is getting a guy that fits the culture and can kind of help rebuild what Nebraska was.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, and
4: once the fans, you know, settle their expectations, but I think they have, they have done a good job at that. Now we just want to win bowl games. We're not trying to win championships anymore. We're trying to win a fucking bowl game. We're trying to make a bowl game
5: incremental progress. Yeah,
4: that's all we need. And yeah. it didn't happen in four plus years with Scott Frost. It, the, I think the the people that are on the outside that say you know Nebraska lives in the '90s and stuff that shit's done. We just want to make a fucking bowl game, man. We're trying to win six games. Like that, it's six, over. We want a six guy, games would be great. and that's where that's where I drew the line with Scott Frost was like, dude, there's everybody makes a bowl game, everybody does, except Nebraska for the last six years, seven years. Nebraska seven. and Kansas. Wow, yeah, it's I Nebraska mean it's and just Kansas. it is just insane to me. I, any coach that you hire had a better chance of making a bowl game than scott frosted because he just didn't seem like it was the right
2: fit we thought he would be but grinded, it just grinded him up yeah it just did it, it didn't work so like yeah and there's there's people that are like let's just say bgb let's just say uh you know five years down the road let's say we we hire one of the dudes that you said and i'm not against any of those guys at all but let's just say there was a story that came out, and Urban Meyer had expressed interest. Hey, Trev, just so you know, I'd be I'd be open. And you, I'm just curious to know what the narrative would be like because if Urban were to come here, it's at least Bo Pelini years, guaranteed, yeah. right? And it's it's college football playoff. You're you're probably going to contend for that every once in a while. So I would just I would just be curious to know because he's not the Nebraska way character right yeah. yeah but he has a track record he's going to be a college football hall of famer yep so it's just like i'm curious to know what that narrative would be down the road if urban did in fact say to trev hey i kind of want this job so i don't
1: know well if he'd, <laughs> i mean if that if urban meyer does have interest i'm sure <laughs> trev alberts would be happy to to have a conversation i just don't He'll be in Lincoln At Saturday. At least make the call. He'll be in Lincoln Saturday. That's all I gotta say. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for for big noon kickoff. Yeah, the timing Stuff. is very
5: weird. Convenient. Weird.
1: Yeah. I can't okay. tell you guys though how many how many like coaching searches over the last couple of years were always the first solution. It's it's Urban Meyer, and then the message boards just start going crazy and <laughs> yeah. like saying, "Oh yeah. well, his plane is uh is supposedly in Austin." Like right. Um. I think he gets back into coaching eventually. I think, you know, with the whole deal with the Jaguars, I, I just I, I think he'll take more than just a year off. Now, BGB, I do want to go back to so the, the Mike
2: Riley hire. Like, you hear a lot about how there really wasn't a national coaching search for that. I mean, Sean Icorst, he kind of wanted a polar opposite of Bo Pelini. And so Mike Riley is that Nebraska nice guy. So there wasn't really a national search there, and then with Scott Frost, that wasn't a national coaching search either. And so this is this will be the first one in a while where it's like, okay, Trev is going to actually put feelers out there, and not just have tunnel vision on a guy like I-Course did with Riley, and um, Bill Bill with Moose. Frost last year, and Bill Moose, right? So it'll be interesting to see the
1: names that pop up. I mean, I would look, I, I would seriously look at every school. In in the Big Ten West, and I mean, what what uh, I mean, what about Brett Belima? Do you think he would go from Illinois to Nebraska? I mean, Nebraska's a better coaching job. Um, you want another name? Pat Fitzgerald. PJ Fleck. Oh, Fleck. Hey, Do not say that. People name. hate I know you guys. Hate, hate the guy. Fleck.
2: <laughs> I I get it, but guess what? He prioritizes the run. His defenses are pretty good. He likes he
1: likes linemen. I'm just saying he can row that boat elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, just right. don't just don't go hire Brian Ferentz, please. Yeah, well, nobody's hey, gonna hire. Gonna be my joke. God day. damn it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we don't we don't need that. Okay, let's ship to Saturday. BGB, give us your predictions for Saturday. Score prediction. What are you going to
1: see on Saturday? What's the line on the game? Is it OU's 13, like, 13? like thirteen? Okay, yeah, I think that's too high. I think Nebraska. Ooh. I mean, I think they come out and throw the first punch. I, I, I really do. I mean, Casey Thompson, he can move the football. Um, and it's going to be interesting because I felt like there was some – I felt like between Whipple and Frost, there was a lot of I, – I feel like they were kind of indifferent with each other you 100%. know, with play calling. I, I feel like Frost didn't like what Whipple was doing and vice versa. So it was kind of an internal struggle. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Nebraska's got to run the football, obviously. But I think that that they that Nebraska throws the first blow and it's kind of a back and forth game. And I could see a 31-27 kind of final score um, just because, you know, OU, they, I mean, Dylan Gabriel is a good quarterback. They they do have great skill positions um, at receiver, Marvin Mims, Theo Weiss, running back. Um, they're, they're definitely a lot more physical than they have been, uh, in the past, like Eric gray, uh, the running back, he was kind of like a scat back last year, just kind of come in on third down. He, you hit him in the flat. Um, and you know, he, he wasn't really a between the tackle guy and the last two games, he has been really physical running right up through those A and B gaps and just, you know, running over guys, which was kind of, I mean, so they're definitely changing, um, his his uh you know how they're using him so you know i i think ou is more talented but uh like i said brent venable's first road game we'll see i think 13 points is too much though i i think this is a seven ten seven ten point game at the most if they can just be georgia
2: southern for a night
1: they'll be okay big game boomer we want
2: to thank you again for taking the time out to join us on the no block rock podcast our listeners out there follow him and once again, man, we want to thank you and have a good rest of your night. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, good luck this weekend. Thank you, Big Game Boomer, once again, for coming on No Block, No Rock. Guys, maybe the thing that people wanted to hear the most, this coaching carousel. do 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 <laughs> Fucking circus, right? Put that in in post. All right. <laughs> no, I'm... <laughs> okay. So, let's get out the way. Urban Meyer. If it's wins you desire... He might be a tire fire, but hire Urban Meyer. Big facts. I, oh, love, I, don't it. Like that. I like, love it. I like that. I love it. I love it.
4: Okay. You're, you're
2: going gonna to get your nine plus wins. He's going to be here for five years. You're going to probably compete for a college football playoff. Um, this is a business, and I think Trev wants to win, 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 win. With Urban, out of all the other candidates out there that you'll ever hear, he is the only guy that you can say, he will help us compete for a national championship. He's like... Yes, 100%. percent not saying that there sh- that should be Nebraska's thing, but I'm saying if there is a candidate out there and you're trying to win Natty's, he's the only
4: guy. But drop the, drop the word Natty out of your mouth. Just win now. He's the quick fix guy. He's not going to be a long-term guy. He's going to be the quick fix guy. Quick fix. But he has won a national championship at two different schools, yep. two Power 5 schools, and two major conferences, the SEC and the Big 10. Yep. So... Urban, yay or nay, let's go around the table. I'm going to say absolutely yay.
5: I'm going to say yes. You know, there's a big, there's a lot of questions surrounding his past, but, you know, if we're even competitive for a Big Ten title, I'm going to say yes.
4: Yep.
2: Okay. Jared? I just want to preface my yes with people are going to say, how dare you, he's not Nebraska character, blah, blah, blah. I have, like, literally five bullet points of all my reservations about Urban Meyer. So I don't want to hear, oh, shallow. You just want to win and you'll sacrifice blah blah blah. Yes.
4: But I say yes. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> Kyle <laughs> Meyer is um, the only uh, one <laughs>
2: that <laughs> says nay.
4: Kyle hates winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kyle hey, we, Kyle, got, we gotta bring you, someone who yeah. loses clothes.
0: Why, yeah.
5: <laughs> why do you say nay, Kyle?
3: I I can't I can't get over I can't get over the stuff that Jared was talking about
2: before we recorded of course. Yeah.
3: Sure. <laughs> because is, there's so much shit to get which into. is there there is such a track record. Yeah. And and here's my thing, right? Is I'm looking at it from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, okay, like they're going to be winning and he obviously he recruits well because look at what he's done. Uh Yeah. But as a parent uh, I am not a parent, Mike. You're the only one at this table that has a child. Yeah. If I were to tell you, hey, Mike, we have this babysitter that can come in and watch Peyton. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, you're gonna no. say you're gonna do that. If I if I tell you I have a babysitter that can come in and watch Peyton, and she is going to turn into a fucking genius, but, but. She has a record of some child abuse, uh, just a and, little, uh, and some, oh. some maybe issues. a little bit of that's quite the uh, analogy. Would, I
4: didn't think you were gonna go that way with that. You uh, would, yeah.
3: you would, you would have uh, some reservations, and I know you already. I know you do. Yeah, but but I just that's just something that I can't get over.
4: No one at this table is writing off what Urban has done yeah, in the past. Right. Nobody's gonna do that. But here's my thing. Yeah, Nebraska football is not my child, yeah. and. The, this we are in the business of winning football games it ain't my money yeah it ain't my money <laughs> yeah win really fucking games and urban does that so but no i understand i yeah. it, it is a it's a it's a hot topic i'm not going to poo poo what you're saying i'm not going to poo poo anybody else is saying urban is a tough topic but he will win but he, he he's a winner he's proven it at every place he's been bowling green yep. utah florida ohio state yeah i think obviously jacksonville, jacksonville did not work <laughs> but some guys are not suited for the nfl
5: yeah, we yeah. just talked about this. You, yeah. Well, your words were, not everybody is Jimmy Johnson.
4: Not everybody is Jimmy Johnson.
2: Now listen, god dang it, so this is what I'm worried about. Okay, so you say he's not an NFL guy. That's perfectly fine. You can't treat NFL players the way that you, you can't bully NFL players like you can bully college kids. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but it's not just that, right? You hear about all the, the toxic environment, and these were assistants saying this. So I'm just worried if Urban were to come here, by the grace of God, because I do want it, What assistants would want to be under him and be under that environment and what players would want to come here knowing that, hey, he might kick me in the head if I don't do this play correctly. And it's a different world. When he was at Ohio State, you didn't hear any of these stories come out. And at Florida too, okay? The Aaron Hernandez thing, like there was a lot of shit that was revealed about Urban and it's like, oh my God, he's kind of shitty. Yeah. To, but but it, he wins. But he wins and, games. But, and if you're a recruit, right? If you're a recruit, you're going to undergo some shit. He's going to shit on you and he's going to kick you in the head. But you're going to play in the NFL in a few years. Yeah. And you're going to make millions. So, yeah. Good with the bad. There's Nick, that.
4: Nick that's, Saban doesn't doesn't uh, pat guys on the back. He fucking yells at them.
5: That's exactly short answer to what you said. What assistants, what players would want to come here to play for a guy that, you know, isn't always the nicest. Yeah. Uh, to that, I'd say... Players and assistants that want to win.
2: Yeah. And if and that's if you're, it, if you're an assistant under urban, you can go. I'm, ga- I'm going to get rings. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to get promoted eventually. And yep.
4: opportunities. Yes. Yep. You're going to get opportunities. Guys I, that want to win. That's so what we'll, come we'll shift off the urban thing. It, it's <laughs> yeah. one of those things that is it going to happen? Who knows?
3: I mean, right? tre- tre- more than
4: likely not. Trev Alberts, think- trev
3: trev- trev- Alberts trev- said trev- it, and I sent this to the group chat. Trev Alberts was like, we do not want someone here that does not align with our, you know, our beliefs and everything like that. And it basically, if you would have had like the Key and Peele skit where it's like the translator for the president, it would have been like, listen, I'm going to put all the rumors to bed now. Urban Meyer and his stanky ass fingers are not coming to Nebraska. Guess yeah. what I That's did what last night? Said. Yeah. Guess what I did last
2: Okay, yeah. but the last time they hired a Nebraska nice guy, who was it? Mike uh, Riley, Ice cream man. Mike Riley, how did that turn out? Just saying. Yeah, I'm hey, not saying you're wrong because mean. Urban is a bad person. 2016,
5: yeah. we went seven and zero to start the season. We got a top ten ranking. One
2: on games. Eh,
4: but yeah. I'm just saying, long right. term. Yeah. <laughs> Close up, on Urban. What we yeah, can get into that. He is going to be here Saturday for big noon kickoff. So we'll see if that interview happens. Weird. weird take, right? Hey, Urban, Ticket tour. Convenient. Timing, um, <laughs>
2: timing is great. Okay, okay, so let's start with this assumption that all the coaches that we say are going to continue pulling in top 20 classes because that's been the history and, for but, the most part. Yeah, the history, it, it's there. And the
4: NIL only helps us right now. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and
2: yeah. no matter who we name, they will be a better team. Yes. I think that's I, – I, I don't think that's inarguable. No, Agreed. I think
4: everybody at this table knows that no matter who we hire is an upgrade from where we were at.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. From the last two regimes, honestly, in my opinion. So, so I'll name the first guy. BGB said it. Matt Campbell. That is a guy that the media is going to push, push, push. Now, for me, I look at him as a, he's a developmental guy. He has experience and a background, a lengthy background in offensive line coaching. He has Midwest ties. He's like the most logical, kind of easy, middle-of-the-road hire. Um, However, there is kind of the Mike Riley effect, right? He did all these things at Iowa State with less resources and less blah, blah, blah. That's That was the Mike Riley argument, okay? Yes. And it was Scott Frost argument, really? Kind of, yeah. Okay, now he's gone 44 and 34 at Iowa State. Yeah. I just want to say Nick Saban went 34 and 24 at Michigan State. Not spectacular by any means. No. They both coached at Toledo. Heyo! Heyo! Toledo! Now, people who are going to just automatically write Matt Campbell off, I think fail to see Nebraska standing a little bit in the college football world. He preaches a five-star culture. If anything, hey, Brees Hall, remember that quote? Five-star players against five-star culture. When I hear Trev Alberts talking in that press conference, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he was thinking about. So I think Matt Campbell is the most logical dude. Okay. poo like it. Yeah, oh. that 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 is who
3: I have is my number one as well.
4: Okay, that's your that's Kyle's number one. That okay. that's
3: the
2: most logical dude.
4: Okay, in yeah. Midwest guy. Not saying
2: a guy, it's the a guy best that, ever, a guy, but that,
3: yeah, a guy that fits what you would expect Trev Alberts to be looking for.
4: Boom. Okay, Matt Campbell's on my list. He's we'll call him number five on my list. <laughs> not, too not, low. Not, it's not too low though. But here's my thing: I would not be against a Matt Campbell hire. I think what he's done at Iowa State is awesome. I do think there is a little smoke there as well. So, for people who are, you know, Iowa State, people who say that he'll never leave. Uh, Brett Stakey's an idiot. Yeah. We're naming I mean, names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people who think that Matt Campbell won't leave, Nebraska is still a better job than Iowa State. Yes, they, Iowa State is a better program right now. 100,000 billion percent. But if you look at the future of college football, you want to get in the power two yep. and the Big Ten and the SEC. Those I, are the That's the power two. Higher ceiling. Yeah, higher ceiling. My only knock on Matt Campbell... Almost a Mike Riley esque record in general. Uh, I would like to see what he can do. His best year, he was supposed to have the best year at Iowa State, high you know preseason ranking, and per-
2: Brock Purdy and Brees Hall. Return. Yeah, had the best
4: quarterback and running back you've ever had in school history. Right, and finished seven and six, I believe. Or
2: it was seven and six. Seven and, and six. And His best many, season how- is a nine and three with a fiesta bowl, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah.
3: And I mean, how many, how many times have they played Iowa? They just beat him for the first time. Yeah. Last and so year. with their worst year. offense, So the,
4: those are some small negatives, but yeah. as far as Matt Campbell goes, I, I love what he's about. Yeah. Midwest guy, Midwest values. He would fit very well at Nebraska.
5: I'm going to agree with pretty much everything that was just said, including uh, Kyle's take. I, I think Matt Campbell is my number one reasonable hire. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at some of these other candidates, that the names have been thrown out. I, I don't know that they're entirely reasonable. Matt Campbell does fit the culture. But I do agree, Mike, with what you said about there might be a little bit of smoke with you know, how he's done at Iowa State. That Brock Purdy Jr. season where Brock Purdy was just an absolute animal, I think kind of helped make him look a lot better. Uh, of course, Brock Purdy doesn't have a great senior season, uh, and things go downhill just a little bit. Uh, but I do think Matt Campbell would be an excellent fit at Nebraska, and I'm going to give him another yay. Okay. Chubba, Chubba Purdy
4: and yeah. Chubba uh, Matt Campbell.
2: Hey, yeah, he, he knows the guy. The stars yeah. are aligning. Okay. So another guy that will come up is Lance Leipold. He is referred to as a program builder. He went to Buffalo. He did all right there. He's been at Nebraska. Well, yeah. Yeah. Kansas football, I think is a little bit lucky to have him. I think he's a better coach. Like, I don't think they really deserve him. Like Mike said, there are Nebraska connections. Is that good or bad? I'd say bad right now.
4: I just want to rip that fucking bandaid I, off. We I don't you, need a connection. In, in my opinion, unless unless it's Mickey, unless Mickey has a spectacular season, he proves that he should be the guy. I don't want any more Nebraska ties. Which, I don't.
5: I, and I don't want to write Mickey off right away. I know we're going through our coaching choices yeah. right now, but oh, yeah. I, I think everybody out there should you know, keep an open mind as far as Mickey Joseph
2: goes yeah. moving
5: forward. Well, what, yeah. about,
2: what about Lance pulled for you, Connor?
5: Lance Leipold, um, I actually had a conversation about this earlier today um, about how you know Kansas is currently winning the Big Twelve. Well, two settled settled down. Two zero. Yeah, hey, he
2: had more. He has more wins right now than he did at all last year. Yes, exactly.
5: <laughs> settled down about you know he's winning the Big Twelve. We've we've seen two games. Yeah. I think he is a great coach. Um, but again, like Mike said, I don't think we need to keep going for. Oh, he's got Nebraska ties. Yeah. I don't give a shit if you have ties to Nebraska. No. Nope. I want a coach that is going to come in here and coach at a high level and make us really competitive inside the Big Ten. Lance Leipold, I'm sure, is going to do a great job at Kansas, but I would say no for me.
2: Um, okay. So, the whole Nebraska connections, I completely agree. I do think that you do need to have a Midwest connection.
4: I think at least a Big Ten connection. Yeah, would, maybe
5: yeah, not a I'll Midwest say, connection, yeah, a I'll Big Ten, Ten, Ten connection. connection yeah. You need to understand what this conference is like.
2: Yeah. And the other thing about Leipold, too, that gives me a reservation is he got his first Power 5 job at the age of age of 56 right so he's not getting any younger so if he were to be hired yeah he's not he's not gonna twenty year guy. that's not a long-term solution you set
4: me up for that so my i'm gonna say no on leipold the only reason why i like the like what he's about but he's he's a little old you can't even if he were to get you where you need to be he's not gonna be here forever and i'm not saying we need a forever guy you know, we we talked on Urban again. Like it could be a, a quick hit and get kind of thing, but it's one of those things. Like Leipold's a rebuilder, and I don't think he has enough time to get us yeah. where we need to be. Do we have
5: enough time to rebuild and set ourselves for another coach? I don't think so. No.
4: Yeah, that's that's my opinion.
5: Right. That's
3: a it, it's a nay for me on Leopold and I I'm just going to echo exactly what you guys have said about yeah. age and everything like that. I just I don't I don't know. I just don't see that that happening. I don't I don't think that's a, a forefront in uh, Trev Albert's mind.
2: And look, there's a there's a value in being a program builder that means you're a good coach it's just you're kind of old and we need someone right he, now is he
4: a yay on you you didn't you didn't yeah
2: say. he he's not on my check he's not on my check mark okay okay Matt, Matt so, campbell was but okay so, so that's a unanimous no on no. liable
5: yeah,
4: yeah yeah i mean yeah. you if he got hired we would understand it he'd be the
2: culture like yeah. it's not
4: against what he Trev wouldn't be said, a bad but, hire but it's just i don't think
2: it's not the, the, the right fit
4: for the situation we're in right now agreed
2: yeah. Okay. okay. So next guy, Dave Aranda. He has a check Mark for me. He's a rising star head coach at Baylor. He won the big 12 last year defensive coordinator at Wisconsin and LSU. There's some Nebraska guys from LSU on the staff, by the way. Um, he's known as like a cerebral details, obsessed guy. He has a very large head, a very large skull. So he can just <laughs> kind huge <of> brain, <laughs> right. big brain, big brain. Um, my only reservation with him is that he has not been at Baylor long enough. Um, that COVID year was rough for Baylor for whatever it's worth. And a lot of people has have reservations about him because there's still that Matt Rule connection at Baylor. He won with Rules players. Yeah. So, like, I would love to see, like, more sustained success at Baylor for him. But he is in my top three, if I had a top three. Okay.
3: I, he's interesting. He's he seems like kind of a, a quieter guy. That he's kind very of, yeah.
2: I watched a press conference and he's just like very. Yes, um, yeah. So
3: so my my <laughs> big question is: Does Dave even want the Nebraska job? Yeah. I, he's new to ba- he's new to Baylor ish. Um, Won a Big Twelve championship. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he's had some success there at Baylor, but does he want? We always talk about the pressure cooker and the fishbowl of Nebraska and stuff, and it's like, does yep. this guy fit the mold of what you would need out of a guy that's going to come into Lincoln? Like, I just don't, I I just don't see that.
4: So you're a nay. I'm a nay. Okay, okay. I'm a big yay. Okay. Uh, he is my number one realistic, realistic. hire. Okay. We'll say my my unrealistics are Urban. And Chris Peterson, but we can get into that later. Sure. Dave Aranda, total package, um, elite defensive mind. Yeah. Uh, can make CEO decisions. He is going to. He doesn't have to win a press conference. Okay. He's gonna. He's gonna let everything handle itself. Right. He has been in the Big Ten. He has been in the SEC. Yeah. And for those of you who say, "Oh, maybe he wouldn't want to," I, I really don't know the answer to that. But we're not my, here to
5: question intent. I'm not,
4: yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to question intent. But my, my thing is this, right now, where college football is going, it's going to be the power two. And mm-hmm. if you're not on one of those teams, your ceiling has gotten a lot shorter. And so if, if you're Dave Aranda and you see where your career could be, I think it'd be a good fit. He's been here before, and I want a defensive guy, and that guy could be Dave Aranda.
5: I'm not going to sit here and waste anyone's time because I'm pretty much going to say exactly the same thing Mike just said. I'm a big yay on Aranda. I think it makes sense. I think he's got proven success. That's a yes for me.
2: Yeah, and Kyle, you bring up a great point, man. That's one of my things is fishbowl experience. And this is why the next guy I'm going to bring up, Bill O'Brien. Penn State experience. He was there after Sandusky where nobody wanted to touch that fucking thing. Nope. With a 10-foot pole, right? Um people called for the dismantling of that program. Yeah, I mean I did. Should have
4: got the death penalty. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean yeah. it's honestly. Absolutely
2: should have. So working under that type of scrutiny, media pressure. He went 15 and 9. Okay. He won, I think he went eight and four one year. Um, he has that fishbowl experience. He's worked under Belichick. He's working under Saban right now. He went to the Texans. He did good in a weak division. He did what he had to do. With zero quarterbacks, he had Deshaun Watson for a year in which they managed to win the division that year, but there was like three other years where they had Brock Osweiler and Connor Cavalak as quarterback. And I did great. And Mike Delaware. <laughs> you I, you helped them win the division that I year. I had a better QBR than Spencer Petras. Stop <laughs> it! <laughs> okay, stop. We can't get off because we got to go. Oh, God. Now... <laughs> It it doesn't seem like the job would be too big for him. My only reservation is does he is he like a big recruiter? I think we need a guy that wants to recruit. It needs because, to recruit. Because, needs to recruit. Absolutely. Yes, because like I said in a talk video, you can't throw a rock and hit a four star here. So does Bill is Bill O'Brien committed to recruiting? Um, that's why I'm always hesitant with NFL guys because you know the GM drafts dudes or whatever unless you're Belichick. So. Fishbowl experience recruiting. Eh, but I do have him checkmarked as one of my top three to five. Yeah. Okay. Kyle? I don't
3: I, I don't see him being a top three, but I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah. I know you guys are talking about like the Nebraska connections and all that other stuff, but I don't know. I, I, I see a lot of respect in Bill O'Brien for that Penn State deal. Uh there is there is no one uh, that has been under that kind of scrutiny, leading a football program, and he handled it like a fucking boss. yeah, and uh, and so yeah. there's a there, there's a lot of respect uh, in that area of of Bill O'Brien for me. He's not in my top three, but um I wouldn't be mad at it yeah,
4: sure. So Bill O'Brien, he is on my list, and touching on the Penn State thing really quick, probably the saddest thing we've ever seen in college football history and My favorite thing that he did as the head coach of Penn State is traditionally the Penn State uniforms, they had no names on the back of their uniforms. Mm. Bill O'Brien brought the names on the back of the uniforms to honor every player that stayed at that program or came to that program. Mm. That's the type of guy I would love to lead this program. And any guy who is under the Nick Saban treatment program, like these coaches, a lot of coaches, the Kirby Smarts, the... Lane Kiffins, the, all these coaches that go under Nick Saban for a year or two.
5: The island of misfit yeah, coaches. Yeah, I
4: love it. I I, I absolutely would love the hire. He's not my top candidate or anything like that, but I think he would fit very well at Nebraska, and I think he, he could handle this fishbowl, the media just chomping at him. He could handle it very well.
5: I talked just before the segment about Bill Bill O'Brien, um, and so we we talked about, obviously, you have to mention his time at Houston. Um, and I have some really severe, you know, recency bias. Uh, my favorite team, the Indianapolis Colts are in that division. And so I saw a lot of Bill O'Brien and I did not like him. But again, we mentioned earlier, not everybody's a Jimmy Johnson. It's a tough transition to go from college to the NFL or reverse. Yep. Um, but I, I, again, I'm going to echo what you guys have said as a college coach. I think he's a great leader. Uh, I think the biggest question there would be the recruitment. I'm going to go again, go ahead and give him a yes. But yeah, again, not in my top three.
2: Yeah. Texans are poverty franchise. They I will die on that hill. Oh yes, okay. they are. <laughs> um, another guy that you hear thrown around is Matt Rule. He was at Baylor. He did very well there, so well that the Carolina Panthers picked him up. Baylor, another similar situation where a lot of transgressions went there, went on there, and he was hired, and he had to rebuild. He has a history of that, and so I do have him checkmarked. But God, there's I don't know. There's just something about it. I I just see his face and I'm like, God, do I want that face as my? That's the face of the program. I don't know. It's like They're, inviting. PG he just looks client. weird. Yeah. I don't know. He looks like a weird guy. I'm, I'm gonna pick, go go with Matt Rule. I'm go. gonna
4: piggyback on it really quick just because <laughs> of what you said. First off, Matt Rule is only realistic if he gets fired by the Panthers. True. Okay. Second off, I think he would be another short-term fix. He left Baylor after he rebuilt him, and they were. At the top of college football, really. Right. And he jumped for an NFL job. I feel like it's very, like, Fred Hoiberg-esque, where it's Mm. like, if he went to the NFL and got fired, he'd come back to the college game for a little bit and then go right back to the NFL if he had success. So, to me, I have on my list, I would be okay with the hire, but I don't, like, I wouldn't want Matt Rule as my head coach.
3: You literally... Just said exactly yeah. what I was going to say. So yeah. that's, all, that's all I'm going to add to it. I, I, that's kind of a nay for me.
4: Yep. I'm not going to
5: be able to add anything. We covered it. It's okay. a no for me. So he, yeah, I, I
2: don't think he's a guy that Trev Alberts can be like, culture builder, people, people man. No, I, I don't see it. Um, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati, Big Ten experience at Ohio State. Connor Cavillac is going fucking nuts over here. Um, so he was an interim at Ohio State that one year, didn't do too hot. But they had their own, the tattoos, oh my God. Tattoos, ah. Wow, um, <laughs> now guys are fucking making burn. Yeah. Now, the only thing with Luke Fickle, with the expanded playoff and Cincinnati joining the Big 12, I know it's kind of a, he may be content there. They did make the playoff last year. Yeah. So he might be content at Cincinnati. Um, it is a little bit of the Frost Effect where he had the success at a lower tier school. Um, but Luke Fickle was more sustained. It's like, um, we're going on year four of Cincinnati being like a really good team. Yeah. He's not checkmarked for me, but God, I would not be mad about Luke Fickle.
3: I have him in my top three. Okay. Now there are some reservations for, okay. So number one, a positive is what you just said is sustained success. Yeah. It wasn't like he had one good year and then it just kind of started, you know that it, it, it's not like that with Luke right. Fickle. The reservations is number one. I expect Luke Fickle to just to be waiting and chomping at the bit, waiting for Ohio State or Michigan yeah. or somebody to open up. Yeah. So the I think for me for Luke Fickle the sustained success, success that you just mentioned, Jared, it's not like it was just a one year thing. Right. It's been four years of success. Like it just kind
2: of it just it's staying at the same quality of of play. And the thing about Cincinnati football. I mean, you could call them a basketball school. I mean, yeah. they have yeah. nothing yeah, from certainly. football yeah. ever. They, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, 100%. Yeah,
3: and my only reservation
2: with him um, is just he kind
3: of did Michigan State dirty. Uh, and then you look at, like, it just seems like he's waiting for Ohio State or Michigan or somebody to open up, right? Like, he, he's just kind of waiting for something in that area, not necessarily is he looking at Nebraska like, oh, that's a destination.
2: Yeah, so Luke Fickle probably, I don't know, he might not want to leave Cincinnati unless it's for order name right?
4: Okay, so Luke Fickle, I am 100% in on him. We'll start with the negatives first, though. I don't want a coach that doesn't have proven success in the Power 5. We just did that with Frost. I I don't want a guy, and yes, he was an interim at Ohio State, but I want a guy that has had proven success at a Power 5 level. With that being said, I would love Luke Fickle. He is a perfect program rebuilder. He has done it for a while. It's going to be more of a, what he want to leave because he's been offered by other places. It's just going to be one of those things. It's like, okay, yeah. So he's going to the big 12, but is that going to be, in my opinion, I don't think that's going to be part of that power too. I mean, like again, the, yeah, we mentioned he's like, going to, he's going to be in the left out conference is what I'm going to call the big 12. That's yeah. the left out conference. That's the Dave Aranda's. That's the Matt Campbell's. That is that left out conference. I don't think they get a seat at the table. And so in my opinion, Luke Fickle needs to take a job at a big boy school. I guess a negative two could be, you know, if ever Ohio state or a Michigan or Michigan state, maybe again, I don't know. If they ever open up, maybe he bounces for somewhere North, but I would love Luke Fickle. I have mentioned
5: this numerous times today. Luke Fickle is my number one. I want Luke Fickle so bad. Um, You talk about, you know, you want proven success in a power conference and, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC are going to become the power too. So, um, my big thing with Fickle is he took Cincinnati from a program that was all right, maybe. Yeah. Um, to what was it, two years ago being almost a playoff contender?
4: No, they were in the playoff. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I'm sorry. Not playoff contender, actually there. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, this is a coach that can do what we need. Uh, we talked about, you know, do we have time with these coaches to actually rebuild the program and get us to a level like that? I think Fickle is that guy. I think it's a no-brainer, again, if he wants to leave Cincinnati, yeah. that that would be an obvious yes.
4: Yeah. That's the that's tough part is, is if any of these coaches that we're talking about right now, if they actually want to leave the situation yeah. they're in right now.
5: And again, we said we're not here to question intent. Yeah. We're just talking about the big names that have floated around yeah. this coaching carousel. Yeah. Uh, we, we really don't know if they actually want to come here or not.
2: Yeah. Now, Mike, I'm not going to talk about your other guy that you want so bad. This is a guy that's a dark horse for me. And this is Chris Kleiman from Kansas State. Okay. Okay. My dark horse. His teams, if you watch them, and I know what the fuck you guys haven't watched them, so don't mm-hmm. even start. I've watched Kansas I, State. I, I, stop. Yeah. I tune
5: in a little
3: bit you to watch You
2: Stop.
5: Adrian. Yeah. Hey, we still support Adrian. Yeah. So just. I want him to do well. I just don't want no, no, him to do better at Kansas State. This K-State is not about Adrian. This is
2: about Chris mm-hmm. Damn Kleiman. Now, this is a guy, if you watch his teams, they are hard nosed. Okay. He is a respected head coach in circles. His team would fit in the Big Ten West. If you were to announce that he was hired, nobody would be excited. It's not splashy at all. I picture five years ago where when Scott Frost was hired, it was storyline after storyline. He is the storylines guy. We've had that. I don't need a storylines guy. I feel like, Chris Kleiman, he is in my top three. People are going to hate it, and that's why I love it. Because the last time we all loved something, it left in a Denali that was dented. It's true. I think, so, you said
5: that Kleiman's not a splashy hire. Right. And I I think, again, it's it's one thing that as Nebraska fans we have to recognize is, while we're talking about these big names that could come here and rebuild this program and get us back to you know national prominence, that's really not like a reasonable thing to expect right now. I think Kleiman does um, present a possibility of incremental progress, and I think that's what we should be looking for. So yeah. while he is not in my top three, I would still say yes. I wouldn't be super excited about it, but I would say that it would be a good fit.
2: He's a guy that when I hear Trev Alberts talk, I think of Chris Kleiman. And yeah, North Dakota State is obviously not power five, but it's just he had that sustained sustained winning there. He is the culture people guy that Trev would go after. Yeah. And I think it's like a, a reasonable, realistic thing that he would do. Yeah. Incremental progress. Yeah, I, Deve- I develop developmental. He's not gonna give you the five stars. He's not going to star chase like we've been doing since fucking Callahan. I'm done with that shit. I'm good with a campbell Kleiman developmental guy that focuses and on the people in the building. Yeah. He's a, yeah. he's he's a he's a line
4: guy and that's what I like. I wouldn't be against it. I, I'm not I'm not in love with it.
2: Well, no, nobody's going to be. Nobody's going to be. I'm just, that's that's okay. That's okay. I don't blame any of you for, yeah. I just,
4: I'm not in love with the hire. The only reason I say that is he's been at a Power Five conference for three, four years. Right. He inherited a powerhouse, the Alabama of the FCS in North Dakota State. Yeah. Okay. Okay. From Craig Bull. He inherited that. Okay. I just, he's done okay at Kansas State. I'm not a huge Big 12 person. I, I I just want a guy that knows this conference, knows the physicality of this conference, okay? The Big 12 is not a physical conference. We saw that firsthand when we shifted conferences, okay? So I just don't think he's ever been in a physical enough conference to to. I'm not saying he can't have success, but to to prove to me right now in this moment that he's going to be the the future at Nebraska. Just
2: remember, you did say Dave Aranda. And, and I, I know he is, he's but a he's whiskey. been, but he's been in you're the right. in the Big Ten. But Chris Kleiman, C- Chris Kleiman's team stand out in that they look like a Big West team.
3: And, I and know, it's different, I though. I hear
2: you. It's I
4: different you. when you're West versus I West. I mean, I don't believe no, North yeah, versus North, South. You know, what I'm saying no. It just it does it doesn't move the needle for me. I wouldn't be mad about the hire because I like I like his approach. He's been on a not a huge stage, but he's been on a big stage and he's won national championships he, at FCS. He's beaten Oklahoma. He's yeah, he's Bef- done like, it like numerous times. Yeah, he's he's done it. No game is too big for him. That's the best way to describe Chris Kleiman. Right. But I'm not in love with the hire. I would not be against it though.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm in the exact same boat. Man, this is great when we all just agree yeah, on things. Yeah. We're not going to pound on Kyle later. It is this so except rare. For urban. Yeah. This is fun. Okay, so Chris Kleiman, I think you nailed it on on the head. It's like I wouldn't be in love with it, um but I wouldn't be
2: against it. Now Kyle, it, it would literally be me and that old run the ball guy out there that got his arm crossed with a frown on his face me and him we would love this <laughs> and you know it's like i know it's kind of old school and it, there is a ceiling to that style but i also recognize that i i think nebraska football has i think it's a high floor low ceiling now yeah that's just my opinion with nebraska football nowadays
3: yeah and i think something that we brought up with big game boomer was that we don't we don't need the splash hire, right? We just need somebody that's going to come in and just coach on just a level that just wins you ball games. Something like we we've, we've never asked for anything that is crazy from Scott Frost. We've just asked him, like, hey man, maybe <laughs> we don't, bowl. maybe we don't kick an onside kick up eleven <laughs> points. Whoa whoa whoa! I know I'm bringing it back up, but Hot I'm just take. I'm just saying it's. I, I think Chris Kleiman, I think he's just like an old school, just like. Fundamentals. Fundamentals. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that we've been missing for five years.
2: So, he, yeah. he so is I'm what,
3: not against it. I just
5: don't love it. It's he, not a sexy hire. No, right.
2: no, no. He's what I call a red ass. Right. And I uh, Cardinals fan here, uh, Yadier Molina, is a red ass. And I that's why I love him. He's my red ass. Other people hate him. That's why I love him. Because everybody else hates him. Okay. Yeah. Go. So on. get up the Cardinals talk. Okay. Last <laughs> name that
4: I want to bring up. And oh, it's, oh, you know, oh, we're like,
2: ending we, it with Mike. We knew it. Well. Okay. I have
4: to get it in there. The the two or I guess we'll just say. Well, I'm the, having
2: a heart attack right now. Ah,
4: ah. Okay. Ah. The the name that I. <laughs> that is relevant, by the way. <laughs> the name I want to bring up ah. that is unlikely. It's an unlikely. It's in that stature of unlikeliness that the pipe dream. The, the Bob Stoops the the yeah. pipe dream yeah. thing. He is my 1B and that's Chris Peterson. Uh he built up Boise State, made them who they are today. They're still living they're, off of him.
2: They're nothing right now, by the way.
4: Yeah, I'm just saying. He, no, but he was yeah, yeah no, he I built it, yeah. Boise State up. People know who Boise State is because of Chris Peterson. Yep. And then uh Washington took that dumpster fire and and made them pretty relevant and I just in my opinion, this is a very similar situation. Although he's never been in the Big Ten in a physical conference like this, I so think you're
2: going against everything that you've just literally said in two everything minutes. you've said. I'm not so going far. against it. I just, <laughs>
4: I just think there's that, a,
2: there's a sustained success there. Yeah, yes. it just proven goes back record.
4: to proven track record. A guy that knows how to coach the fundamentals, win the game. He's gonna he's gonna win the press conference. He's gonna do everything. He's gonna do everything that you need as a program to rebuild. He's 57 years old. Which isn't too old. I mean, it's it's one of those things that he could be here for a while.
5: I agree with you, and I would say if I thought Peterson was realistic, he would probably be my number one. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's realistic. I don't think it's realistic either. No, right. but but, but it, I have you have to make the call. If you're Trev Alberts, absolutely, you you're, make the call. You make sure. that call today. So, sure. Yes. Um. But yes, if Peterson had interest in the job, he would. And like, I don't know how much I've been screaming about Fickle like for the last you know twenty four hours. If Peterson was realistic, he would be my number one. It's okay. not even close. Yeah.
2: He just looks really comfortable with that Fox analyst job. And I don't think – Urban's an excellent Fox analyst, but Chris Peterson's like, hmm.
4: hmm I'm comfy. Like,
2: a, you know, there's less stress. I don't, you know, have I don't have health issues doing this. You said he's what, 57? 57. Yeah. I just don't – I don't think it's a realistic thing in my opinion. That's why I, I didn't even really entertain it. Honestly, yeah. I mean, and I, I'm not saying he shouldn't. He's obviously a really good coach. He's like he's he'll make the college football hall of fame whenever he is eligible. I don't know. Um, he great, but I just don't think he's a Nebraska hire. Even no. though, even though he is like the people guy, the yes. culture guy, he would fit well Absolutely. at this school. That's it, that's why I, that's why he's number one. One yeah. B on my list. You got yeah.
4: Urban. You got Chris. Both those guys, I don't know, are are realistic. Maybe Urban's more obviously Urban is more realistic than Peterson, than Chris, yeah. but we don't even know if Urban is. So right, just one of those things. I wanted to throw that name out there for Husker fans that maybe he forgot the name. Yeah, so,
5: you'd you'd be crazy to not want it.
4: Yeah. Lost in the
2: sauce. Yes.
3: Yeah. So yeah. I I listed him as my as my third coach. Ooh. I made a list of three. I listed him as my third, Ooh. but that was like my boom or bust coach. It was either him or Urban Meyer, and we. I mean, we talked about my uh, thoughts on Urban Meyer, so. Uh, yeah, he was like my boomer bust in my third spot.
2: Okay. So Wait, so
5: did Urban make your top three?
3: No. Okay. No, it was either him or Urban. Okay,
2: I got you. This episode has run a little long, so let's just go with these names and just fucking hit and quit. No bullshit, okay? Okay. <laughs> Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. Kyle, go.
3: Okay. Joe Moglia tweets at 519 on 912. So today says it doesn't surprise me that coach Chadwell would be one of the names linked with the Nebraska job or any other job for that matter. I was contacted a couple weeks ago by someone close to the decision-making process and was asked my thought with regard to a replacement. I said, Jamie has done a great job for us at coastal Carolina. I love him and we would not want to lose him, but he would absolutely get the job done at Nebraska.
2: I hard disagree with him. Jamie Chadwell, he runs a cool offense and it's awesome, but it is not Big 10. No. Mark Stoops at Kentucky Basketball School. He's won 10 games twice. He has raised the expectations at Kentucky. As Stoops at Nebraska? I would say, watch he, out for it.
4: I would say yes, but it's not going to happen. He will
5: not take this job. Mark
2: Stoops, good coach, will not come to Nebraska.
4: And best friends with the Pellini family, the Stoops family. Yeah. They're very close. No.
2: P.J. Fleck, yeah, yeah, people hate him. He has a reputation of being two faced. Punch like, him in the face, kind of literally, like his face is different. I just, um, sometimes the hate that I see for him is a little bit silly, a little bit. I have to say, go. Trev's comment
4: on no man's bigger than the program. P.J. would try to be bigger than the program. Huh. No.
2: Okay. Yep. Well, hey, this, I I this, look at him as the classic. You hate him when he's against you, but you love him when he's on your side, guy.
4: Maybe
5: this is. I just don't want him. Uh, maybe the last time you'll hear me put on this headset <laughs> for no block, no rock.
2: <laughs> if P.J. Fleck. Wanted to come to Nebraska, I would say yes. I'm just I don't saying, like the guy, but I would say yes. I'm just saying he prioritizes the run game. He likes linemen on both sides. And the, cult,
3: the culture is magnificent. Yeah. You remember? Rode the boat. It, it's funny he because
5: would, earlier this episode, I said he could row that boat elsewhere, LA. but if P.J. Flack came to my door, I'd probably say
2: yes. I'd say no. And, you know, uh, he came to Lincoln with that COVID roster and kicked Nebraska's ass. Not saying that's like a spectacular thing, Georgia Southern. Yeah. But just saying... It seems like his players buy into his shtick, whatever it is. My boy Jeff Munkin from Army. No. Dr. Rob Zadichka put him on his top six, and he's a fucking doctor. Just saying. (laughs) He's not dumb. Science. I just want to say that I feel validated with my love of Jeff Munkin. Not saying he would bring the triple option to Nebraska, but he would emphasize the run game. If you give him a good D coordinator, I feel like that wouldn't go as bad as people think.
5: It's the fastest answer I have today. It's just a no.
2: God, you guys are haters. Hell fucking no. Kyle Whittingham from Utah. He's old, but he's Mormon, and he's never going to leave the state of Utah. Uh, that's what I think. No. Just, I, no. I think the success we've seen out of Utah, again,
5: it's not a, a hire that I would be super excited about, but I am going to call it a yes.
4: I, I'd call it a no, just age and rebuilding this program. Nebraska's not Utah. The Big Ten is not the Pac-12. No.
2: Okay. Dave Doran from NC State. <laughs> Yes. Well, I kind of like Okay, yeah. so oh, you say yes. Yes. Okay, like I'm just saying that's a name that a lot of Nebraska fans will hear and they'll just automatically say no. He's I, pretty good at what he does, just saying. He's
4: a he wins games. NC State, they're in the ACC, they play a lot of top teams. He consistently, he is the bow pulling of the ACC in my opinion. Okay. I would take him, but obviously he's not on my top list, but right. I wouldn't be mad about it.
2: Okay. Right. Another name that I have heard thrown around is Gary Patterson. He is at Texas right now. He was very good at TCU. Texas took Bama to the wire last week because of their defense. Just saying. No? Okay. Mike Gunn. i I'm going to look up who Gary Patterson no, is. I
4: just wanted to say, yes, Gary Patterson, but no because of his age. That's right. it. He's that was old. all I wanted that's, to say. He's, that's, old. he's old. exactly what I was going to say as well. And I also want to point out that that
5: Texas-Bama game, I don't think that was because Texas played exceptionally well. I think Bama just looked like shit, honestly. Yeah. They looked like shit. And I think everybody is saying it's like, "Oh, we took Bama to the wire. Texas
2: is not back. Settle down. <laughs> Horns down always." Mike Gundy at Okie State. People like to throw this name around, but he is literally a cowboy for life. He was their quarterback. He's been he's Okie State in the flesh.
5: Yeah, Ultimate question: Does the coach want to come here? No.
4: Coach uh, no. won't want to come here. I'll say yes if he would want to come here, but no, he's not going to come here.
5: Gundy, no, for two reasons. One, he doesn't run an offense that I think could work in the Big Ten. Thank you. I just, I, he's great at what he does. They give he's, up like
2: 60 in week one, with whoever yeah. whoever that was. His
5: air raid offense is fantastic. It works for them in Okie State, but it will not work here in the Big Ten. And again, we noticed that he's a cowboy for life. He won't want to come here. It's just a no for
2: me. Yeah. Um, a name that Big Game Boomer said was Jim Leonard. He is the current Wisconsin defensive coordinator. He hasn't been coaching very long. Like I'm not even that much younger than he is, but the Packers did want him for whatever that's worth. He returned on the Packers. He's going to be Paul Chriss' successor whenever he leaves. Not
3: so, in, not interested in someone trying to learn how to be a head coach. Sure.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm out on uh, anybody who has not already been a head coach, except for Mickey.
5: This is one of the only ones again. Like we talked about, I was indifferent. Uh, I I can't decide on this one. Again, I wouldn't be super stoked about it, but I wouldn't hate the hire.
2: You know, Big Ten experience, Wisconsin's defense is consistently in the top fucking and ten, whatever. I believe you know. our,
5: our TikTok king announced earlier today. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, you know, a, a defensive-minded head coach is
2: probably really where we need to be focused. We need to 100% need and, to be defensive yeah. But he would, he would need to build his own staff. He needs to find people. Absolutely. And that would be, might be a, a several-year process. Yep. Okay, now another name that will not come here, but I need you guys to know this name charles huff he is the current head coach at marshall i knew that he was at bama running backs coach he was also at penn state as a running backs coach he will not get hired at nebraska but this is a name that you guys need to be aware of is charles huff just saying he just beat notre dame just beat notre dame yes yep and they're 2-0 this year for whatever that's worth
0: september is childhood cancer awareness month And the Team Jack Foundation needs your help in the fight against pediatric brain cancer all this month. Listen for ways to join the fight, culminating on September 29th with the 10th Annual Team Jack Radiothon, presented by the home agency.
1: There is so much more that needs to be done when it comes to brain cancer research, and I am so grateful for the Team Jack Foundation.
0: Get all the details at TeamJackFoundation.org.
2: Last name I will throw out. Big Game Boomer, damn you, but Brian Ferentz, LOL. All right, that's how we're going to sign off. (laughs) I don't
5: think we even need to answer that one.
2: (laughs) Okay, guys. As always, go to nbnrpodcast.com. We have merch there. We have pest episodes. It's updated, too. It's updated. updated.
4: Today, I updated the entire website. There's new pictures.
2: There's new links. When you click them, they actually go to the thing that we want it to go to. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you will find us there. Please give us a five-star review. We need it. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, we want to thank Herd at Sports, Herd at Media for getting our name out there. Okay, guys, anything else? Nope. Okay, let's sign off. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall, Kyle Byers, Mike Delaware, and Connor Cavillac. And as always, Mickey Joseph, Beat Oklahoma, and GBR. We have a saying: No block, no rock.
0: You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. Yeah. I get Kenny Bell ran up to me, he's like, "You know what you just what you just did? <laughs> you get mad? When you go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. <laughs> <laughs> hey, God, on, it, Muhammad G B R. A Huda Media Production.